Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Good morning, class. You may be seated. Today's lesson is on the Anku Shadow. This is part of our archetype overview series covering all the archetypes, and right now we're on the Slayer archetypes. This episode is sponsored by Otis Lyons. Thank you for sponsoring. If you want to sponsor an episode, visit our site, tblazer.net. So there is this creature that's called an Anku. It is a fey assassin. It is a skeletal creature with dark wings and the supernatural ability to split itself into shadow copies. This archetype for Slayer, the Anku Shadow, studies or emulates or somehow has this ability. It focuses around doing the shadow splitting, shadow clone jutsu nonsense. This archetype is from the book Legacy of the First World, and I'm really glad it got brought up. Definitely one of the cooler archetypes I've seen in a long time, and I didn't even know it existed. So this book was all Fae-inspired then? Yes, I think it was a Fae-type player companion kind of book. Oh yeah, race options for gnomes and gathlane. I personally have never heard of it. It's interesting to have an archetype for the Slayer. There really have been none for the Slayer thus far that I've really paid much attention to, because the Slayer's a really tight class. It really only gets studied target, rogue talents and ranger feats and that's that's really a sneak attack those are the only things it get there's not a lot to replace and this is probably the most interesting one i've seen yet one of the only ones i've consistently pick if i ever played a slayer versus something like avalancher which was totally useless it was like the avalancher falls on top of people and it hurts them because they're attacking from overhead and it was like the most ridiculous thing i'd ever seen i think a lot of things we saw in that book were the most ridiculous thing we've ever seen well let's jump into it so level one you're getting the first ability which is really the major ability for the anku shadow it's a really long one because it's replacing studied target and it is increasing every time study target would increase. So this is one very, very long ability. Now, study target is very important for the Slayer. As a flat bonus to attack and damage rolls, it is what keeps it competitive as a martial class. So this has to be quite good for it to be worth picking over a regular Slayer. So at level 1, instead of studied target, you are getting shadow double. The Anku shadow could take a full round action to create a single quasi-real shadowy duplicate. This shadow double remains in his square, mimicking his movements as a single mirror image, except that it lasts either until it's destroyed or you choose to dismiss it. This doesn't stack with other uses of mirror image or other such spells. So at level one, you always start the fight with one mirror image. That's not bad. Concealment, having a 50% chance to get hit is a good option, but it's really not enough to replace studied target, but it keeps getting better as we level up. So at level five, the Yanku Shadow gains a second Shadow Double. In addition to using this as a mirror image, you can instead move those Shadow Doubles away from your own square using your movement. So the Slayer can divide their movement and move these two different Shadow Doubles away from himself. When they are outside of the Slayer square, Shadow Doubles don't protect the Slayer, but instead they can flank. They can explicitly flank for your allies and yourself, and they can use the Aid Another action to increase other people's AC and decrease other people's attack rolls. A Shadow Double has the same AC as the Slayer, but if it's hit by anything, if it ever takes any damage, the Shadow Duplicate just disappears. There's a couple more bookkeeping rules involving this, but that is the gist of it at level 5. So now this is getting really interesting. Our Shadows can move, they can flank, and they can use Aid Another. That is a 100% zero risk potentially plus four bonus to your attack roll for you or your ally, and it triggers your flanking for your sneak attack. 
Can I mention two things that were bookkeeping that you kind of skipped for time? It possesses evasion if you do, and if it gets targeted with a mind-affecting spell, the enemy will target you instead. So note, the only way for an Anku Shadow to get evasion is taking the advanced talent at level 10 or multi-classing, meaning that area of effect abilities are the bane of your shadowy existence. A, a single alchemist fire, you can't avoid the one splash damage from alchemist fire, technically gets rid of all your shadows. So I think this is really good. So if you're using it defensively, it's two mirror images. You have a 66% chance to avoid getting hit, then a 50% chance to avoid getting hit. And if you send it away, it gives you really big bonuses. And even if it gets hit by an attack of opportunity on its way to flank an enemy, okay, you just consumed an enemy's attack of opportunity. Now you can just run up to them and flank it for someone else. Well, already it's very interesting. I'm already immediately, I'm, I don't like this Slayer. Never had any interest in playing a Slayer. We've done almost nothing, and it's even if we stopped here, it wouldn't be very powerful. I'm very interested in this already. Christian, I like when people sponsor episodes. I like this. I don't normally look at the stuff that's not in the main books. Don't boost their confidence, Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've seen, I, I had a ninja in my campaign that lasted about 400 hours. He took the talent that let him make mirror images, and that's a really powerful spell. It's very, very, very powerfully defensive. It's, in my opinion, one of the most powerful defensive spells. I understand that it's limited and there's ways that, oh, no, the mirror image doesn't count. It's going to hit you anyway. I understand that. It's still an extremely powerful spell, unless you're a gym who's just like, whatever the, my player picks, I pick all his counters all the time. So I like the idea here that you're, you're getting one that's becoming part of your character. It's also great flavor so far. Also, I would say that you, we are noting here that you're only making, what, two at level five, is it? You're making two additional shadows at level five. Oh, so total of three. No, just you and two shadows. All right, so you get two shadows at level five, which at level five, if you were casting mirror image, you would get 1d4 plus one. So you could get a maximum of five, a minimum of two. So you're getting the minimum you would get if you could cast mirror image. But you can also cast it whenever you want effectively. It's just a full round action for you to utilize. There's no limit on the number of times you could do this per day. You're going to walk into literally every fight with mirror image up. Well, I wouldn't say every fight. I've I found there's been times, many times actually. I'd say maybe half my battles, I don't get time to buff up before the battle. Full round action in combat is pretty tough to waste on something that isn't going to affect until the next round. Do you get to make both at once? Both what? Both mirror images. Yeah, they both appear at the same time. And like, they there's no limit on how long they last. You will have it up for every fight because after any fight that they get killed, oh, okay. yeah, you yeah, just yeah, use yeah, it yeah. again. It's possible you could forget, but there's gotcha, really, gotcha. optimally, there's no reason you wouldn't do it. All right, let's see what else happens to it. So at level 10. I'm like it's so far, Christian. You're going to get a third shadow at level 10. Now you can divide your actions between your actual body and your shadow doubles, and you can use your shadows as the origin point for any of your attacks or abilities. So you could be across the room from someone else. One of your shadows is standing next to them. You can basically attack from the shadow square, despite the fact you are across the room. And my shadow reaches across the room and stabs you. That's amazing. Are you, like, teleporting between the, the shadows? Because that's the way I'm p picturing it. You can flavor like that, but technically not, because your shadows, they can get killed. It doesn't hurt you. You are still the only thing that can actually cause damage to you, other than getting mind-controlled. Gosh darn, I haven't seen anything else about this archetype. I've already wanted to pick it. I'm just glad it's not a prestige class. Otherwise, I would have to, you know, change my opinion on it. But I guess <laughs> I don't have to because it's an archetype and archetypes are better. Don't at me. So the big question is, can the shadowy boys make attacks of opportunities? I think... I think they can. The way this is worded makes me believe it says that you use them as the origin point for your attacks or your abilities. So if someone tries to walk by one of your shadows, I would rule that it invokes an attack of opportunity from you slash your shadow. 
Mm-hmm. Especially because it says and abilities. So at level 10, we could have a minimum of four and a maximum of seven mirror images here. We're getting three. But these do so much more than a normal mm-hmm. mirror image. You could use it all day. And it doesn't have to be melee attacks. It could be a bow attack. You can just chill in a corner. Spells. If you just got this up to like level 10, I guess the multi-class. I'm, just, I'm trying to work with you here. <laughs> what is a prestige class? What, wait, no, wait. No, what am I doing? <laughs> Changing my, oh, it's going so fast, my opinions. I, I will say, I love things that have interesting choice. Right now, I'm playing a war priest, and the uh, the choice is what is building that, that class for me right now. And the fact that you have to choose whether or not to keep the awesome effect of having a mirror image on you or sending it out is cool. And do you want to send them out for perfect attacks, or do you want to send them out to get the flanking? It's really powerful battlefield control. You have a large portion of the battlefield that you can affect as the Anku Shadow. Side note, I love how they call them shadows, and then they call the Slayer the Anku Shadow, so they're like, oh, the Anku Shadow shadows can do this. It's not confusing at all, and they definitely (laughs) couldn't just use the word Slayer instead and not confuse me. So the next thing we get with the shadows is at level 15. So you get a fourth shadow double. In addition to everything above, the Anku Shadow can assign the doubles to perform simple tasks on their own as the Unseen Servant spell, except the shadows have an effective strength score of 10. Okay, so that's all right. They can do stuff like open doors now and pick up items and trigger levers. It's cool that they could do that. It's not as powerful as the previous abilities, but it's a nice option. You can go have them activate traps effectively. Unseen Servant is not a very high spell. So the fact that they can do this now, okay. Yeah, it's a level one spell, so. I'm glad we do eventually get it, though, because that's what I'm going to want to have them be able to do. At some point, let me do that, so I'm happy for the role-playing implications. So barring the capstone of this archetype, that is the extent of what you get with these shadows. And this replaces study targets. So I think this is a really fair trade. This is a really powerful defensive ability. This is a really powerful offensive ability as well and it's way more interesting this is insanely interesting there's so much you can do with these shadows depending on what level you are i've sung the praises of battlefield control before i've sung the praises of choice before i've sung the praises of interesting and powerful attacks before this hits all three a very important note is that you could take a feat called quicken spell like ability people will argue that's a monster feat but there's really no reason that you can't take them and this seems to be rules legal as far as i could tell you can quicken this full round action to become a swift action to make the shadows so would basically permanently be up during all points of the fight. Did one die? Not anymore. Now, some of the balance here is that they're sharing your move speed, though, right? Yes, you assumedly only have 30 feet of movement, so you are splitting it amongst... Yeah. So unless you get, like, boots that speed you up or you're a race that's faster or take a feat, you're kind of limited in your movement. But heck, just send them out to do your dirty work for you. It's obviously an awesome player option, but as an enemy option, having an in-rules way to have your players fight a bunch of shadows, I think that's awesome. Have the bad guy just sit somewhere else, throw his shadows at them, they do all the dirty work while he's doing something else. Some ancient guy, like, fused to his throne. He's been sitting on it so, so long. He's sending out his shadows. He just keep getting through the shadows to get to him. To note, they can't move more than 50 feet from the Slayer. And they cannot leave your line of sight or line of effect. Line of effect. Wait, so if somebody casts a darkness spell, I lose them. Because that's line of sight. If you don't have dark vision, it would seem so. Hmm. Which is ironic, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) The shadows get lost in the darkness. (laughs) This is the cool sentence, Christian. You just found a really cool sentence. That's all you did right there. This is really cool. <laughs> oh, hey, didn't see you there. My friend Christian and I were just playing some role-playing games. Hey, Caleb, do you think these guys would be interested in joining us? You know, I bet they would. I mean, if they listen to Pathfinder Academy, they gotta be cool, right? 
If role-playing games are your thing, why don't you guys check out our other podcast, Trailblazers? Trailblazers is an actual play podcast where you can see many of the concepts addressed in this show come to life. Season 2 of Trailblazers has been great so far, and I especially like that you can get into it without any prior knowledge of Season 1. It's definitely a fun adventure, especially if you like mysteries and a dash of cyberpunk with your fantasy. If high fantasy is more your style, then consider giving Season 1 a listen. You can find Trailblazers on iTunes. We've got a bunch of other ways to listen as well, so go to our site tblazer.net for a complete list of the ways that you can listen. So go ahead, grab some dice, and join us. Alright Christian, you come across an obviously important character to the plot, what do you do? I immediately shoot him in the face. Ugh, Christian. So on to level 7. The rest of this archetype is really just picking up on things that are attached to studied target. So instead of getting stalker, which is the thing that lets your studied target bonuses apply to more things, now we get instead Anku's vision. The Anku shadow can use see invisibility as per the spell as a swift action for one minute per level per day. This duration doesn't need to be consecutive, but it must be used in one minute increments, which just kind of solidifies my point, spiritualist, that that was not a real class ability. This is a real class ability. Oh boy. It's a swift action. You, you can see invisibility. That's it. You effectively have it. Maybe not forever, but for a long time. Enough that you can ignore most invisible enemies. So the next ability you get is at level 14. It's not really an ability. The ability quarry and improve quarry for the Slayer, you can only use them on your studied target. So at level 14, you get Shadow Prey, which just says you can use those abilities, but you need to have a Shadow Double somewhere. So if all your Shadow Doubles get killed, then you can no longer have a quarry designated. Now, level 20 is where things get absolutely nutty. The capstone for this is altered. Instead of getting Master Slayer, the Anku Shadow gets Unfettered Shadows. As a standard action, the Anku Shadow can unfetter all of their Shadow Doubles for one minute. While unfettered, each Shadow Double can move and attack as if it were the Anku Shadow without using any of their actions. A creature struck by a Shadow Double can attempt a will save each time it takes damage to recognize that this is an illusion. If the creature succeeds, it treats the Shadow Double as 20% real as per the spell's Shadow Conjuration. The Shadow Doubles cannot use the Shadow Double ability. <laughs> it's exponential! They're growing! <laughs> the Anku Shadow can use this ability a number of times per day equal to 3 plus their Intelligence modifier. Um, excuse me? So you're just multiplying yourself? Yeah, so straight up, there's five of you. I've tr- I've made, like, custom items that let you do this. This is awesome. I've wanted this for so long. So even if they succeed at their will save, there's five of them. You could have five Slayer Archers all at once plinking arrows at somebody with many shot. This could be disgusting. <laughs> there's the Anku Shadow being weird wording again, by the way. When I first read it, as if it were the Anku Shadow. That's because it is the Shadow. Oh, it's Anku Shadow Shadow, so it's just the Anku Shadow, I understand. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the coolest visuals I've seen for an ability on any Pathfinder class. That's absolutely insane. That is 100% insane. Christian, if I could tell you my conclusion on this, um, it makes me very angry. Because I have a character written up, in case my character dies in the campaign I'm playing right now. It's a a Ghost Rider from uh, the Horror Adventures. It's really awesome. I like Ghost Rider's visuals. It's got a cool weapon I'm very excited about. I've never done a Cavalier before. It's fun to play as a Cavalier. My weapon can, like, pull people to me. I can drag them around by my horse. I might make an Anku Shadow instead. And that upsets me, because I was very excited to play my Ghost Rider. So, hey, um, Otis... How dare you? <laughs> I hope you feel bad about yourself and uh, and no refunds. 
<laughs> this is possibly one of my favorite things in Pathfinder. I did not know this exists, and I'm really glad it was brought to my attention. It is powerful, it's janky, and it's flavorful. It hits every possible note that an archetype could, and I love it. Can you tell me what you mean by janky? It's weird. Like, you do such weird stuff. Like, it's obviously straightforward in that, oh, your shadows can go out and help you stab people, but if you're creative, there's a lot of stuff you can have these shadows do. They can activate traps, they can flank people, they can distract people, they can interact with objects in the world. Infuriate your GMs, there's so much. You can put points on the spellcraft and have your doubles read scrolls maybe not i'm not 100 sure i don't think unless you get level 20 they can do any of that well you can use uh, well you can read the scroll and then it comes out from your shadow so you can so you can get like a kamikaze spell that blows up the area around you just originate it from your shadow who's 40 feet away but you will want to talk to your gm and make sure you're both clear on the actions that you and your shadow can take if there is one drawback to this class it's not 100% clear on a lot of the rules. There's a, some questions that are left open. What is and is not possible for the shadows to do? But I think between just some discussion with you and your GM, you guys can come to a conclusion that yes, they can make a tax opportunity or no, they can't take a tax of opportunity. I think yes, they can make a tax opportunity. No, they do not provoke a tax of opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> I think my GM and I will agree. Uh, yeah, I think we, sh- we should pay Otis to be able to cover this. Haha, <laughs> no refunds, I'm joking. But uh, yeah, this was great. But no refunds, though. And just listen, like, you gave me $10, and I'm not giving that back. <laughs> You'll have to pry it from my cold, dead finger. <laughs> and then I you'll find out it was just my shadow double the whole time. Cents. At least in high school, I would. I just wanted to ice cream. Tim? Tim, I just wanted to ice cream. <laughs> just like how you want to change your next character to be this, I want this to be my next character. I want to play as this. This is legit one of the coolest things I have seen. And I'm a big martial guy, as everyone knows, and this is sort of a martial-focused class. Oh, man, I'm excited. Well, thanks again to Otis, who sponsored this episode. Want to sponsor an episode like Otis? Visit our site and click on Sponsor an Episode, or go to tblazer.net slash Sponsor an Episode, and you can make us do an episode on your favorite topic. Thank you all for listening. Class is dismissed. Pathfinder Academy is part of the Trailblazer Network. For other great RPG podcasts, visit our website, tblazer.net. Want to get in touch? Email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at tblazernetwork. This episode was edited by Devin Tonnell. This is Johan Martins. Thanks for listening.